business or production. So are you saying more spending is the answer? I'm saying more investment is the answer. More investment, well, investment in production. Well, investment is spending, right? And, and that might or might not be the solution, but well, past spending efforts have not really helped this. It's actually worsened so, it, right? That is one of Biden's advisors. On with Neil Cavuto. The second advisor to push this idea that the answer is we need to invest. See, spending, that would be bad. That would be Keynesian. But investing, that's smart. And if we invest properly by spending money, Everything with the economy will get better. No one, of course, believes this. It's like hearing that the inflation rate is 9.1%, but the White House wants to tell us, no, 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 no. It's no big deal. It's not, uh, it's backwards looking. It's not forward looking and everything is fine. Remain calm. All is well. Now, it may be backward looking and not forward looking. But I don't think everything is fine. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's a cold, baby. That's what's up with the voice. Your radio is fine. It'll it'll go away. It'll go away and all will be right with the world. I am drinking a mix of, of Diet Coke, tea, and bourbon. Not all at the same time. Everything's going to be all right. Dr. Matt Will joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis. You can find him on Twitter, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on Twitter. Just got back. Uh, from Europe, which we will get into because he saw some interesting things there. Inflation hitting 9.1% in June. People trying to make uh, the, this is different than where the core inflation price is. But give us the core inflation versus the overall and your take on what it means. Well, well Tony, you know, we're talking about the 9.1% for 12 months. But that's big news. But you know what would be huge news if it weren't already in dire straits is that the, the producer price index came out today, which was 11.3% for 12 months. So the producers, the wholesalers, the people that are selling our stuff to us, their inflation's even higher. And you know when the president talks about the future looks bright, that's totally wrong, Tony, because these producers are going to have to pass those costs along to us. We said it, you and I on the air for the last three months that those PPI indexes were going to translate into CPI numbers, and they did. The PPI today, 11.3 is going to translate into more inflation for you and I next month. And I can't believe this administration continues to lie to us about what the future looks like. They continue to move down the road that things are good. It was uh, the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, just uh, less than a month ago saying that we're at, the, the economy is the strongest uh, that we've seen it. But for the people who engage the idea that this is backward-looking and not forward-looking, and you have gas prices that are down 40 cents a gallon, even though they're well over 450 a gallon uh, nationally. Uh, is there an argument to be made there at all? No, Tony. There's, there's, there's not an argument to be made there. Things fluctuate, and you can't look at the ups and the downs. It goes up and down month to month, day to day. But you have to look at the long-term trend, and the long-term trend has been up since they said it was transitory a year, a year ago. And this, this, I got to comment on this clip you played. That was a fantastic clip that you played because one of the things that I get upset about every day is the fact that Bill Clinton invented this phrase that government spending is investing. And the Democrats have latched on to that. And it's very annoying because it is not investing. Investing is when you get more back than you put in. That never happens with government spending. There is no investment going on here. That's totally bogus. And the proposal that the, the person, again, in, in the interview that you played from Neil Cavoto, Cavoto said their budget, their proposed budget is 50% higher 
than Trump's pre-COVID budget. You got to throw out the last two years. Trump spent like a drunken sailor. Biden spent like a drunken sailor. So you got to pair to compare 2019, four trillion def, uh, spending by Trump, six trillion proposed by Biden. Tony, that's a 50 percent increase in spending. That's causing the inflation. And we should be clear that there's more than one person discussing this idea of investing. Let me play this for you. This is Brian Deese, a National Economic Council director, same person who talked about a liberal uh, world order, speaking to CNBC. Well, well look, uh, you know, a couple points on today's report, as you just said. The first is, you know, it's backward looking and it doesn't reflect what we've seen over the last 30 days, which is a significant decline in gas prices down about 40 cents. Uh, that June report, about half of it was driven by energy prices and we've seen uh, moderation since. But the second point is that in the core, inflation uh, remains too high, which is why we need action. And I just want to underscore, if there's one thing to take away from this report, it's that there is more urgency now than ever in Congress moving to pass a bill to try to build more domestic semiconductors, to try to bring down the price of those uh, goods. You see across this report, things like used cars and new vehicles, those prices holding up, that is not principally driven by demand. It's driven by supply and constrained supply. We know how to solve that. We should have solved that months ago, but we now have a moment. We need to do that. If there's any takeaway from this report, it should be that. Now, I don't know how they would have solved it months ago, and they aren't able to do it now, sir, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. But he got very specific about an investment yes. in, 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 in semiconductors. Is that the role of government? Okay, first of all, the government doesn't invest in anything. What they do is they provide an environment that makes it conducive for private companies to invest. The, the government doesn't have a semiconductor factory, Tony, but he was lying to us again, Tony, because he said he wants to make the supply problem easier by encouraging business. Let me just tell you what's in their new budget. This is how they're encouraging business. They have higher taxes on people, higher taxes on corporations, a global minimum tax on corporations. They reinstitute the death tax. They want to expand the NIIT, which, uh, which taxes people multiple times along the production process. They want to make a mandatory international in minimum tax for businesses. They want to create new minimum taxes for individuals, small businesses, and corporations. Tony, this is how they're encouraging the supply in the private industry of our economy. Does anybody in their right mind think that's going to increase the supply by adding all those new taxes to corporations and people? Before I, I continue down this road, let me take a quick side road. Amazon had Prime Day over the last couple of days. I, I don't think I purchased anything. Uh, Prime, Prime Day. I don't, no, no, we did. We purchased one thing. They are making the claim that July 12th, July 13th, they sold more than 300 million items. If they're selling 300 million items, exactly how bad is the supply chain issue? Well, you know what? Be careful because Amazon's the big dog and their numbers are skewed, and that was two days. But let me give you the real data from last week, the Institute for Supply Management. For the first time, the first time since our V recovery coming out of the, uh, the pandemic, for the first time, manufacturing new orders contracted. So that tells us, Tony, we're probably in a recession. And so when the president says we're looking to the future, according to the real time today data, new orders are contracting for the first time since the pandemic recovery, Tony. So the future doesn't look bright, and the, the Amazon number is an anomaly unique to Amazon. It's not reflecting the total economy. Inventories are down. Backlogs of orders are down. Producer prices are still up. 
I mean, I could go down the list that the report that came out last week of real time tells us things don't look good. Well, let's go to this. Uh, You have one of the Federal Reserve governors, Christopher Waller, saying that he's willing to consider, you know, he's fine with a 75 basis point hike, three quarters of, of a percent. He's willing to look at higher. The Fed is looking at a 1% interest rate increase this month. So they clearly are telling you, and they've been hinting at this, and Powell's been hinting at this, that they are yet, they're not near a place where they're able to uh, fight inflation. They expect it to keep on going. So uh, to your point, uh, that to see uh, this downturn in, in, in orders mixed with numbers like this, only leads to a bad future, and that the people already talking about recession have a lot more uh, data to de- to work with on their side than the Biden administration's saying everything's fine. In fact, Tony, I got to tell give the Fed credit. They're too late to the party. Okay, they should have shown up about nine months ago. We talked about this, but they're now doing the right thing. They are doing the right thing by looking at significant increases, but they're fighting the other side of the federal government. And let's look at private industry, Tony. J.P. Morgan announced today that they're going to set aside half a billion dollars to write off potential loan losses because of an upcoming recession. One company, Tony, one company is anticipating half a billion dollars in loan losses. That's not uh, a good future. I don't know what the president's advisors are looking at. I don't know what crystal ball they have, but I think they got it upside down because everybody else looks into the future and doesn't look too good. So speaking of the future, there's also this idea of the disconnect of where we are, people who live in this world, and the people who are hired to do uh, the, the work, elected officials. You were in, I believe it was Italy, for, for, yes. for a while, do, doing some work there. And you texted me and said, I have a story to share. Go for it. Yeah, so I was in Florence, Italy, so people might accuse me of being a part of the Illuminati. I'll, I'll, I'll take blame for that. Good for you. So I was in Good Florence, for you. Italy last week, and there was a taxi strike. I couldn't get around. People couldn't get to the airport. People missed flights. They were stranded um, because there's kind of a, a union. Uh, we won't get into the pejorative phrase, but let's say it's a very organized taxi industry in uh, Italy. Nancy Pelosi was there at the same time I was. She, it was in the news. It was well known. She had a motorcade. She was driving, driving to private resorts. There were 2,200 cancellations of flights, Tony, over the holiday weekend, 23,000 flight delays. It didn't impact her because she has access to Air Force jets. Now, not the big jumbo. That's a, that's a misnomer. People thought she had like a 400-person, 200-person jet. She had a 12-seater, but she has a private jet. The, apparently, she doesn't care about fuel prices. Apparently, she, she, she doesn't care about uh, taxi strikes in Italy because she gets around wherever she wants to go with private drivers. She has a fleet of people. I saw photos of her security staff, her entourage. She's going into private airports. Tony, how can the people tell us it's okay when they aren't impacted? She doesn't have flight delays. She's not paying for gasoline. She's not worried about taxi strikes. These are the people running the show, and they're telling us, don't worry, little peons. Everything is fine. Now, usually I'm the guy who talks like that. What they do is they, they tell you, yes, it's a taxi strike, but you know what? It's, it's, it's important because you, you're utilizing less of a carbon footprint, and then they pat you on the head and say, you'll thank us later. Uh, that, that's what they do. Now, some of these things, especially when it comes to flights, there are pilot shortages. We need to get more people into the flying industry. This is something that the administration should have been working on and, and other administrations should have been working on. This is a problem I think that we could have seen a little bit 
coming on uh, down the line. The question for us is on the supply chain issues, when does this end? What level of of uh, raising interest rates puts the brakes on the inflationary pressure? And while we can't predict the future, as you often talk about, the one thing we can say, and I don't think I'm wrong in saying this, sir, is that if we continue spending in the way they describe it as investment, the interest rate has to keep going up because it has to match the spending that's going on out there. Tony, you're, you're 100% correct. It's those, that data is 100% correlated. But you made a very good point about their supply chain. They claim it's going to be fixed. But here's how right your point is. They're wrong because if you look at the president's budget, ignore this insane amount of tax increases, which makes us – it will make us the highest tax country in the world – Ignore all this spending, which is 50% higher than the pre-pandemic uh, Trump budget. What you see in this budget is significant regulation. If this, is, this is an environmentalist wish list. This is not going to increase the flow of goods in the supply chain, Tony. These regulations will slow it down. You read this budget, and you will get scared about the fact that it will make the supply chain worse. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, Dr. Matt Will, M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box. It's always a pleasure, sir. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.